Hi, everybody. This is Tony Khan, the producer and director of Morning Stories from WGBH in Boston. Not so long ago, there was a fire on the main highway between Boston and New York that burned down a bridge. So for months, there was this huge detour of hundreds of thousands of cars and trucks every day off the highway through a little town in Connecticut, a very depressed town with run-down houses and run-down cars, no jobs, and, and lots of despair. Suddenly, in the middle of this town that's going nowhere, is this day-long procession of limousines, SUVs, cars and people from a very different world, a different social class, going about five miles per hour right through the middle of their lives. Slow enough for people, if they wanted to, to actually stop, get out of their cars, and start trading with each other. Well, all through history, there have been moments like this where either with a lot of planning or with no planning at all, totally isolated populations have suddenly come together and things have started to change. Around the same time as that fire, the world-class cellist Yo-Yo Ma was setting out to do something similar in the world of music. He was organizing a kind of musical rekindling of one of the biggest caravans that had ever happened between East and West, the Old Silk Road. He was going to bring composers and instrumentalists from opposite sides of the world in contact so that they could play music together, maybe invent something new. Well, before Yo-Yo took off on that project, we had him come into the studio to talk a little bit about what you learn when you go away from home and what you learn when you come back. Today's morning story, a conversation with Yo-Yo Ma. The goal of doing something like this is to actually be able to observe over time the growth process. I'll give you a very strange example. In doing the film score for Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, a wonderful percussionist in New York, David Cosson, went to China and met a master drummer from Xinjiang, the western part of China. Fabulous. Everybody recognized this was a major force in drumming. It's very powerful. What happened was when the guy put on a set of headphones, he became paralyzed. It was so foreign to him that that just shut him down. So I think what allows for real communication, it's always different between people. Yeah. And that's that was a great lesson. What of all the influences that, that come from the Silk Road are, are you finding the hardest to get into? <laughs> Working with a long song singer from Mongolia. Uh, I actually had to learn how to play the Morinhur, which is the Mongolian horsehead fiddle. That was hard to do because it's really hard to play on strings that are not steel, but they're made out of horsehair, and, and it's just hard to make those strings speak. And everything is just tough. But finally, you get to the same principles of, of making music because you understand why the long song singer has such a magnificent, open, huge voice. You understand the role of the drone that the instrument plays, and you know that the instrument has to, in a way, mimic the voice, the warbles, the trills, and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, basically, after that, you have a relationship. And once you get that, it's not about your timing and how to do that. It's about reading each other, about saying, what are you thinking about? You're starting a conversation. Have you been to all of these different venues? What kind of opportunity will you have to get to know them as places? One of the great things about traveling is, of course, all your antenna are out. 
right? You cannot take anything for granted. There's no shorthand that you could rely on. So it could be the hotel bellboy. It could be a taxi driver. It's those chance encounters that really make for a huge difference. I'm thinking of Tabriz Square in Cairo, oh. which is a million people crossing paths and making noise. Uh-huh. And the noise, if you just close your eyes and sit back and listen, is the most stupendous sound. Uh-huh. It's full of a million different stories. Uh-huh. It's full of conversation. It's full of strange discordances uh-huh. and music uh-huh. of all kinds. I just wonder if you retain an especially strong sound image um, of certain places. That, that's a very interesting question. In Africa, the amazing thing in in the Kalahari Desert is that you can actually walk or travel for days without seeing a single person. And if you take a walk at night alone or around sunset, it is so quiet. It is so silent. It is so vast. It's it's one of these great feelings. You know, it's tactile because you hear silence. Yeah. Very compelling. So that's a kind of sound too, I suppose. I'm deeply interested in Africa, and I think one of the things that started me off was an anthropology course I took where, among other things, we saw films of the Bushmen of the Kalahari Desert, right. and and that led to try and go to a number of different villages in Namibia and do a documentary on their music and trance dance practices, separating between the old music that's done alone with the modern music, their grunge urban music that they played with gasoline tanks that looked like guitars. I heard a wonderful story about an anthropologist who found a woman in Sierra Leone who knew this funeral dirge. The anthropologist found out that this was a very song that was known by one woman in South Carolina who had learned it from her mother, who had learned it from her mother and her mother, who was a slave, who had come from Sierra Leone. This woman in the States sang the song when she was growing up, skipping rope to it, had no idea what the words meant. This anthropologist managed to find these two women, put them together in this little village in Sierra Leone. They sat down beside each other. The last two women on earth, basically, who knew this song, the woman from the States sang it. It had not changed through all that time, through all those tragedies, that the song had remained word for word the same and it had brought these two women together. Unbelievable. Exact transmission. Yeah. That is absolutely amazing. But it's not surprising because when something is that important to somebody, you really treasure that. You travel so much, I'm not sure that you ever touch ground. I forget who it was who said it, but the traveler often makes his greatest discoveries on returning home. Does that have any relevance for you? I think the wisest thing my wife's ever said to me is that, you know, don't try and compare your family life with, with your life on the road. It's like comparing apples and oranges. Family life will never be as exciting as what happens on the road. But what we offer is something very different. And that ground is more important than anything else. But it's being back on the ground and not forgetting what happens on the road and keeping that so that you actually are one person and not two people. That's the big work. And if, if somehow you can feel successful in that, then you feel like a 
complete human being and a good citizen because you're not forgetting what somebody else feels 10,000 miles away when there's a disaster, when something bad happens, because you know that place, because you know people, and you think about it. In our world today, I think we're all trying to do that same thing, and it just happens that, you know, my world actually takes the form of music and travel in this particular way. Today's morning story, an all-too-short conversation with Yo-Yo Ma. I'm here in the studio with uh, Gary Mott. How do you play a horsehair fiddle? From it's the left horse... side. <laughs> <laughs> but horsehair, I mean, how does that make noise? And he was playing that as he was learning what it was all about. You know, like he was saying, I'm making a sound which lives with the sound of these throat singers, the vast spaces that these people live in. This is the sound that they make. And transplanting himself, using his imagination to be there, is such a gift that he's got. Yeah, a master musician. Mm. I hope I get to meet him someday. I say the chances are very can, good. Can you hook us up? I have the feeling that Yo-Yo will be able to meet everybody on Earth. He's just He has a way of doing that. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, we've been hearing from you as always. It's a great pleasure. Gary, what have you got over there? Heard from John from North Carolina. I have listened to your show for almost three months now, even going back in the archives to hear many of the older ones. I just heard for the second time your story on Marshall Jr. and Louise. Mm. A story that a woman named Betsy Bunn told about her first day of school in the segregated South. John continues, I am an African-American male from Charlotte, North Carolina. I am also totally blind, which means I have experienced an even more heightened sense of difference and how society can attempt to shut one out because of it. I was touched by how the storyteller reacted upon finding out that her friends would not be able to attend school with her. I will continue to enjoy listening to your stories. They actually get my week started due to the fact that I do not work on Fridays. What a wonderful idea. (laughs) We also heard from a listener named Matt. He says, Morning Stories, it was my pleasure to find your podcast, and I've been catching up as fast as I can. I listen to podcasts eight hours per day here at work as a web developer. Wow. Uh, I just got done listening to your stories about Mark and Sherry Grashow and their amazing journeys. Old Friends, which was a story about the Grashows going back to a Fijian island they hadn't been to in 28 years. Old Friends positively gave me goosebumps as I listened in amazement. Having the villagers welcome them back was the clincher. Then I was touched by how they gave needy children in Africa an opportunity to change their lives. I am so moved by this story, I would love to donate my services to build them a website. Do you know if they are still in need of one? Well, we put Matt in touch with the Grashaus, and we'll find out what happens next. Anyway, thanks for a great podcast, says Matt. And Matt, thank you for a great letter, including your postscript. P.S. As a web developer, I use Ipswich software all day long. I couldn't do my job without it. Well, Matt, we couldn't do our job without it either. There are sponsors, and they have been pretty much from the start. Every week, thank you, Ipswich. If you want to know more about them, a leader in file transfer software. Check out their website at ipswich.com, I-P-S-W-I-T-C-H. And drop us a line at morningstories at wgbh.org. And we'll see you next Friday.
Unless, of course, like John, we decide to take the day off. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs>